SBC Media. Welcome to Behind the Badge, the podcast from SBC Sponsorship and Insider Sport, discussing the latest approaches to sports sponsorship. Welcome to the Behind the Badge podcast, where we deep dive into what is at the heart of sponsorships from a range of sports and teams. I'm your host, Colin Williams, business journalist for Insider Sport, and I'm joined by my co-host, the director of SBC Sponsorship, George Harborn. George, how excited are you for this episode of the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Very excited. You know, a great guest today as well to join us, and I'm really excited to to welcome him to to joining us. Yeah, if you don't mind me interest, introducing, we are joined today by Pablo Arquero, head of sponsorship for La Liga Football Club Real Betis. Uh, Pablo, welcome to Behind the Badge podcast, and uh, thank you for your time speaking with us today. Uh, how's your day been so far? Hi, hi everyone. Thank you very much, Colin, George. Thank you for, for having me, first of all. I'm very honored to to also be here with you and as you said i'm i'm the head of a sponsorship at real betis a, a football club uh, participating in la liga first division and with a competition spanish spanish cup so um, um before just uh, tackling uh, any topic uh, i'll try to do my best uh, despite of english not being my mother tongue i'll be as clear as i can and also, uh, any any information or any topic that we will be discussing, uh, just don't take uh, them as official Betis statement, uh, because there will be obviously some personal opinions. Oh, of course, of course, we'll put the disclaimer. Uh, these are do not reflect the views of Real Betis. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of Real Betis, the preseason tour in the US and Mexico. Just talk to us how what you've heard from the club, how that's going in terms of fan uh, investment. When it comes to Mexican market, uh, we have been uh, very strong historically. Uh, we have had players uh, within our team that are icons over there that have been like national Mexican team captain, uh, like like Guardado. We had Lines until not that long ago. Uh, we also have um, Guido Rodriguez, who well, is out. He's Argentinian, but he also played in his early years in, in Mexico or in the La Liga MX. Uh, so he's also uh, very, very well considered there. So yeah, he has, he, he was, um, it was, was a very good opportunity to, to go there, to meet our fans, to be closer to them and to provide them with a more on-site experience. And obviously this, this trip comes as part of a, a, I guess a kind of broader, bigger internationalization push that's taking place from La Liga. Um, you know, with funding having come into the league to, to I guess, be specifically put toward this interna- internationalization efforts. How how beneficial has that support been? What challenges have come off the back of that support? You know, I know that there's been certain budgets put aside for dedicated resource to be hired within the clubs. How's that gone so far? And I, I guess what successes are you seeing? Well, I mean, definitely has been already uh, five or so uh, years since La Liga uh, started uh, its own internationalization program uh, with delegates all around the world and, and obviously uh, La Liga at the end of the day is an ecosystem of clubs in where we are part of them uh, so having La Liga also promoting La Liga as a brand, also promoting the rest of clubs uh, around the globe uh, has been super beneficial uh, Obviously, um, there, there, there are there are some challenges within uh, all this process, 
because uh, at the end of the day, La Liga is a brand by, by itself, and then uh, each club has uh, their, their own interests uh, in terms also as a brand, commercial, uh, and also growth. Um, but it's it's a matter of co-living in that in that space. Um, La Liga has been investing uh, heavily, uh, as as you said, uh, and now now since uh, August 2021, uh, when when there was this CBC deal approved, um, also a lot of clubs have had access to um to an investment or advanced investment uh, that uh, that also has had their them over the last season and then the years to come um to to be promoted or to grow um faster than uh, what was expected and obviously this growth uh needs to be international so um, so yeah all in all this investment has had us uh a lot to to grow rapidly or quicker than expected but also uh, there are challenges in between and we have to to to, to call it with with La Liga uh, also uh, interest. Yeah, I mean, an interesting point that you just said there, Pablo, was you, you kind of said La Liga being a brand in its own right. And I guess one of the big challenges for any of the teams, Real Betis included, is how do you how do you make people remember Real Betis rather than La Liga? How do you how do you break through that barrier of and, and create that that identity that people want to align yeah, with? Well, um, and you know, I mean. Clubs have some assets that La Liga don't, and obviously La Liga has all, also all better things that maybe clubs uh, um, don't have that developed. Uh, in on the club side, uh, obviously we have players that's our biggest and main assets. So obviously having certain players uh, help to to link communities or to associate club to some territories. Um, but it's not just uh, players because obviously players uh, come and go, uh, but the, the team remain. Uh, it, it also has something to do with values and with uh, the way uh, you position yourself. We are very well known as a dynamic club in social media. Uh, the way we, we record video, the way we do announcement, the, the always trying to fight in this uh, this funny way of communicating rather than traditional or standard uh, communication uh, um, ways. Um, so that definitely has helped. Even if we have fans there that are not like Beticos or Betis fans, they are fans from the club in the way the, uh, the club communicates, the way the club, um, yeah, I mean, it's... It, I mean, deals with yeah, deals with the uh, with the fan base. Yeah, I kind of had a question to follow up on that, Pablo. I mean, you were talking about how you know you're creating these kind of like you know unique, funny ways. You know, even like announcing football players and such on social media. You know, you're seeing that quite often um, over the past couple of years. You know, of countries like the Premier League, for instance. You see, you know, funny little movie gifts of announcing players. Is that something that you know Betis have um, been doing more recently, or is that kind of like? What you've been doing in the league such um years before oh is that just the times that we're in no i mean i think that uh obviously uh, we have had some some i mean some i mean we have been improving the way we have the we have communicating uh, different topics 
I mean, there is one way of communicating new players. There is one way of communicating new deals. There, there are ways of communicating um, some other news, depending on, based on, on the different topics we we, we want to cover. Uh, but until last year, we had a um, we have a captain. He's a legend. Uh, has been an icon. Uh, his name is Joaquin Sanchez. He helped a lot in in all these things because um, just the the way he says Buenos dias or good afternoon. Yeah, uh, he has. Art. I mean, you know that there is a job co- coming coming in right after, and so that yeah, he's a legend. He's yeah, a legend. exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Def- definitely. So, obviously, having him uh, within the team uh, also, uh, I mean, always help uh, in terms of communicating. But for example, um, what uh, or the way we do things is we try always to be. Uh, on the top of the trending topics, uh, and then we try to apply them uh, into uh, into the, the the communication model we, that 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 we are covering at the moment. Just uh, you you were mentioning kind of a second ago about that that kind of creating that connection with with fans and all the rest of it. Um, in terms of the tools you use internationally, obviously we're, we're talking here about digital assets and and creating connection through social media channels and and also getting the squad out there but you know the squad can only go out there in the summer right so on the ground um i know that you guys have have launched academies as well overseas and and the rest of it to create that all year round connection with communities abroad yeah well um yeah also i mean uh, coming back to the cdc topic uh basically uh i mean very specific, uh, specific case cbc will be uh, advancing as something between 90 to 100 million euros uh, that will be uh, delivered to the club. Um, I mean, part of it has been already delivered uh, and yeah. part of it will be delivered uh, the, the coming months. Basically, um, 70% of that amount uh, will be dedicated to club development in terms of infrastructure. Uh, 15%, uh, you can use it to uh, to um, you can use it for your accumulated debt or historical debt. Yeah, and fifteen yeah. percent uh, can be um, can be used for um, player renewals, player extensions, uh, play new signings, um, sure, like um, stars retention uh, and things and things like that. So um, from this, out of this seventy percent, uh, when it comes to what what Betis has done, we have invested um, most of it in brick and click is what we we call brick, yeah brick okay click. so yeah it makes sense one bar has been um, no will be um, will be reinvested in the new stadium which uh, uh, constructions will start uh, at the end of this uh, 23-24 season and in the new training facilities which started last season the 22-23 season. Um, so this is a big amount already allocated there. The new yes, yeah, training facilities will be with 15, uh, 15 football pitches, uh, a paddle tennis, basketball, yeah. uh, the new academy resi- or grassroots uh, residence. Incredible facilities, exactly. yeah. And then uh, other part of that of that amount that uh, that we got from CBC uh, was invested in digital growth, the, what we call the CLIC. Um, international academies, human resources that are helping us 
to penetrate and to reach some uh, some some markets some territories on a different way so these new academies are actually there was a newsletter from la liga sent this week um yeah and it, it, it highlights uh the the betis uh international academies expansion as a as an example to to take a look into we i mean it, it, it experienced a 140 percent growth uh over the last season um it was a way as i as i said to break into new markets. Uh, we have open academies um, all around the world. I mean, Latin America, Africa, Asia, North America, Europe. Uh, so it, it's it's also a way to to, to, to be closer to, to those funds uh, worldwide. Obviously, uh, we have been able to maintain our own communication channels, Betis TV and Betis Radio which allows us to make some special and specific content for our, our, our fan base. Um, also, in terms of um, digital or social media platforms, we are, have been growing in Instagram, Facebook, but also TikTok. We have Weibo. We have, uh, I mean, we open a Twitter. Uh, we, we had it in Spanish, in English, obviously, and now we open it in Arabic. Um, so we are, I mean, part of those investment or those that advanced money uh, provided by CDC is being reinvested, uh, reinvested um, wisely in, in all the um, all the areas in we can in where we can grow uh, accordingly or, or quicker than than expected. Because if we had to recover from COVID, uh, it, it probably could take us years to reach. Uh, to reach uh, those those figures, it's, it's funny you mentioned that as well, Pablo. Some of the the youth academies you're setting up in different territories. Uh, I see, I kind of I seen that um, that newsletter from La Liga as well. Um, what have you heard? Any what is some of like the early feedback you're hearing from some of those um, international territories? It's a positive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, probably not not all of them can be seen or considered the same way because obviously we are we are talking and we have to think uh, based on different cultures on different situations on different demographics absolutely yeah but we have we have super successful uh, cases uh, in where the academies are at the moment nowadays hosting hundreds of uh, players um, there are others that maybe in year one struggle a little bit more but now that they are uh, starting year three, they are reaching super good uh, uh, numbers in terms of of um, the young people wanting 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 to um, to sign or to join the academies. But also as a club, uh, some of these academies or the fact of being in certain territories through the academies uh, have has helped us to secure regional deals with. Other brands uh, from that uh, from that uh, territory. It is the example of uh, Zimbabwe in Africa. It is the case in uh, Chile, as well, where we have been able to secure uh, sponsorships, regional sponsorship, because obviously we landed there before through one of these uh, international academies. That's incredible to see that direct correlation p- between being in market and then being able to commercialize that. I know that the reason for launching academies won't just be you know purely about commercialization it's about spreading the betis brand and all the rest of it but fundamentally these things have to pay for themselves so it, it's it's in, it's incredible to hear that some of those deals have already been getting done in territories like zimbabwe and chile um i think just on the point of that commercialization 
La Liga, you know, you guys have compared to Premier League sides, for instance, you guys have the regional feeds that are open to you, which means you can genuinely regionalize the deals um, that you want to work on in different territories. How how beneficial is that? How challenging is that? I, I guess I guess there's an argument that it's really good because you can be super um, focused and targeted in the in the territories that you're going after as a brand. I guess the challenge for that certainly I could foresee a challenge working club side in the past that you just end up with a load of inventory, right? You know you haven't just got 90 minutes to sell on a global feed. You've got 90 minutes to sell in a bunch of different territories around the world. So uh, from a resource perspective, that can become intensive. How have you guys, I know, I know you've been working on that for a while now. It's, it's not a new a new thing for La Liga, but what kind of opportunities has that created? And, uh, you know, upside versus downside, where do you guys sit on that? Well, yeah, I mean, definitely. In, in Spain, it's a bit different because uh, we, I mean, clubs, they don't own the whole inventory. Uh, it's basically divided more or less uh, in by three. There is a percentage of minutes uh, given to clubs there is a certain percentage of units given to, I mean, taken by La Liga. Uh, and then there is a percentage of number uh, given uh, to the broadcaster or, or media pro in this case. Uh, so basically, uh, on one side, it has been um, a super good thing to have, the fact of having those different feeds. Uh, last season, I think we were on 10 different feeds for, for, for top matches. Plus one um, global raw fee um, for, 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 the, for the rest of months, let's say. Um, that, uh, that is a super asset that we can provide to, to, to our regional sponsors. Uh, however, on the other side, we have also La Liga or Media Pro uh, providing the, this, this same asset. So, yeah, so you've got competition, not just with the other teams, but you've also got competition with the league itself, with the broadcaster. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, here it comes, it is where, it is where all these, I mean, uh, our commercial department, all, all these sponsorship guys uh, working working in, in, that, in that area within the clubs is where you have to define which are the territories in where you are stronger, uh, where you can offer more things because maybe you have more inventory, so maybe you can balance the assets on a, better way or because maybe the assets you can provide to a certain brand are more aligned to what their strategy is um other than other clubs that maybe they have less inventories so or they price maybe too high here it's also yeah a bit of um market i mean it's doing a market study um see what are your advantages disadvantages uh who are your main competitors uh yeah and then be a bit more sharp. I guess it ties into the academy thing, right? And the whole internet, you know, the brick and click investment that you guys are making, those point of differences are essentially what's going to make Real Batiste stand aside from other people in those international markets when you're out selling assets and selling sponsorship deals. Yeah, and, and, also, and also the players that you have in your team, also the experience that yeah. you can provide. Obviously, those connections. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, in that, in, on that, um, that topic, we are very lucky in... Uh, in Sevilla or in Seville, because we have, uh, I mean, basically 10 months out of 12 during the year, we were, weather is perfect, uh, it's a very, very football city, there are two two big clubs, um, and it's not uh, it's not just about football, it's a city that offers um, cultural heritage, uh, flamenco, bulls, um, I mean, uh, every everything you can imagine, that has sand. Yeah. 
So telling that story. Yeah, exactly. So that helps. Touching on those kind of those assets that you have available to you, obviously with the regionalized feeds, it means that you can promote stuff in territories that you that, that don't get seen back in in the homeland, Spain. When it comes to gambling partnerships specifically now, and you know, touching on uh, you know the background that we have at SBC as a as a wider group, um, that obviously creates a lot of opportunity for you that I guess otherwise wouldn't be there. Is that probably fair to say? No, no, it's uh, it's totally true. Um, I mean. Um... The betting industry has been, I mean, and is still uh, linked to the um, to, to the game, uh, but not yeah. just football. I mean, any any sport, incredibly important category for sport with the funding that it brings into sport. Yeah, uh, no, uh, and and we, I mean, in Spain, uh, I think, and um, I mean, after Spain, other other countries uh, joined that initiative, uh, but we were kind of uh, pioneers in. in in just uh, eliminating any type of uh, betting advertising. Um, so it, it happened back in, I mean, that was two two seasons ago, I think, two or three seasons ago. We were competing in European competitions with teams at Premier League, at Bundesliga, or, or other countries that were um, very much funded by this industry. So they, they had a, a lot of, of money that they could use for players or for other um, other investments that we lost from from one season yeah, to the other. Absolutely. So basically, we changed. So, I mean, that that's a big clip, a big cliff to drop off in one season, right? There wasn't a running for it or anything like that. It was just it's happening. One year it's here, and the budgets are what are one thing, and then next year the budgets have got to change because a whole category is not available. Yeah, totally. And you are competing directly with uh, with other teams that um, that yeah. have that within within the. I mean, as many sponsors or back of jersey or whatsoever. So yeah, that that uh, that um, uh, I said that regulation movement uh, changed uh, the whole La Liga club strategy. So we went from a global partner, global betting partner, to uh, regional partners, and now it's is the is a strategy that, that more most of teams are following. Also, thanks to also these um, different feats that uh, that La Liga offers, uh, and so basically now we have our Asian betting partner, our Latin American betting partner, our European betting partner. So we we are kind of uh, providing the same assets, but in their specific region rather than globally. And obviously, Spain uh, Spain is not considered. Just touching back on fan engagement and an area that I know you guys have been particularly active in. Um, is kind of NFT metaverse, you know that whole uh, that whole ecosystem, um, and I appreciate that when we start to get into this into this ecosystem, it's super broad. You know, there's partners for you know digital collectibles, partners for avatar garments, and whatever else there might be, you know, and everything in between, tokens and all the rest of it. I'd love to hear you kind of your thoughts on that, how that space has been for you, because I know you've been one of the uh, one of the teams that's really tried to explore that properly and 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 do a fair bit in that whole area. Yeah, well, I mean, here, I mean, when when you are sitting, where you are um, just doing again a market study on what are the new trends, uh, what 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 are the new investment, you know, what are the the industries that are, are using. The sports marketing as their sport strategy, as their marketing strategy, sorry, um, for positioning their brand, for developing their business. Um, a few years ago, a couple of years ago, there were these uh, these Web three booming boom, 
and it's where we started um, seeing what, what was going on. Uh, at the beginning, there were like massive investments uh, on a topic that no one really knows what it yeah, was 100%. about. Some big deals were announced. Yeah. So um, actually, we had a we had a kind of similar experience, but it was very shortened in time. Uh, and since that experience, that we were lucky enough to be able to exit soon and to don't risk uh, much uh, around around sorry token tokens and yeah yeah the token yeah, yeah absolutely we redefined the strategy and we we said okay we're gonna wh- what we are gonna do is we're gonna select the the type of partnerships partners and partnership that we want to work around those partnerships will be a uh, short term and based on their development then we would be able to extend on a one season or two season basis um and then we start receiving a lot of uh, offers. I can develop your metaverse. I can do your collectibles or your um, museum and history uh, memorabilia um, on 3D, what NFT. Whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, okay, but um, how are you gonna do that? How are you gonna? How are you gonna go to market? Uh, what are your expectation? And most of them were yeah were offering uh, um, like revenue share models and to be honest from a perspective uh, exiting or going uh, i mean trying to recover yourself from from a COVID season um the 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 share revenue was not the perfect one and more if you were doing a share revenue on a on something that you don't really understand you don't know you don't understand it you don't know whether there's any value there it's hard to know it's such new technology such new trends exactly how do you how do you you genuinely assess the commercial value of something that hasn't been done before exactly how you monitor the the primary market how you monitor the secondary market uh how the fans going to react what's the uptake going to be these are all things that you know just question marks right exactly exactly so at the end of the day which is something that now it's uh is a spread is a spread, uh, I think, in most of the clubs. Uh, but maybe two, two and a half years ago was not the, the same the same situation. The thing is the, the utility given to the product, right? Yeah, that, that's... 100%. Uh, because based on that utility, uh, the perception from your fan uh, will be different or will or the product will be adopted better uh, or, or just ignored. Some of the utilities uh, were like very similar to what at the end of the day they really can, the, the club can really offer to any fan. I mean, if you are talking about a VIP experience, the club can offer it. If you are talking about a signed jersey by your favorite player, the club can provide it. Uh, so the thing is that we have to go a step further. We have to offer them some type of entertainment or dig- digital... Yeah, a genuinely uh, unique experience that genuinely utilizes a technology rather than it being something that we already do that you're just asking people to pay for. Exactly. Essentially. Exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, as as we were advancing in uh, on those terms with different brands, then we we experience uh, like uh, a phenomenon, or, or we start witnessing how brands were diminishing or were decreasing the amount of brands offering you that type of product that you were uh, requesting. Uh, so that on one side helped us to define. Are the better, the better, the best partners. Uh, with some of them, we are currently collaborating, 
uh, and you see, I mean, you see how the product is, how the in, in technical or digital product is, I mean, the quality that they offer, um, all the things that they are able to develop. So you see that because really the partner is the right one. But also we had uh, bad experiences and we had bad experiences because at some point we had some, for example, we we partnered until last season uh, with um, with a company that they were is issuing um, jerseys, digital jerseys that they could be uh, purchased and then used on some metaverse by the avatar. So that would make your avatar quite unique. And... The, the problem uh, uh, at the moment, we are not working anymore with them. The problem there or the, the bad experience or the just the takeaways. So the, the, then the, the experience that we got out of that partnership is that it's not just the product that they, they will be able to build, but it's also, again, how the, the, the client or the, the Betis fan, how they will be able to use it. So if you have an NFT that you say that can be used on an avatar. Let me know where this avatar can be live. Yeah, in which metaverse or in which um, scenario? Um, so we have the the, the 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 whole information. Plus, plus that some of these companies they were using a sport as a massive loudspeaker, but they don't really know anything about how they could take the most out of the assets provided uh, provided to to this brand. So. A VIP experience or jerseys, they should be offered as an incentive to your fan or your, to your clients to actively be purchasing more of your products instead of using them uh, very randomly or just for your company peers. Well, I think you I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said like you know mistakes have been made. I'm sure that they you know it probably won't be the last one in this space because it's so new. It it, it constantly evolving and i think everybody's trying to keep ahead of the curve but it's incredibly difficult to do and not only is it incredibly difficult to work your way through the technology and find the right partners it's incredibly difficult to find that balance of commercializing that technology and also working in the interests of, of fans who can genuinely get value and and, and utilize it probably we could we probably speak another hour on all these uh type of subjects but um no, we really, really appreciate your time jumping on today. Uh, me and George both greatly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, maybe we could, we could fly down to Sevilla and catch a Betis game one time. Who knows? But uh... Of course, of course. Let, let me know when. And obviously, uh, Benito Villamarín, uh, consider it uh, your, your house or come whenever you want, guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for, for the invite once again. SBC Media.